On this episode of Bootstrappers, we're going to talk about best practices for onboarding a new employee. That's next. Welcome to Bootstrappers, a unique program designed to help make your business better. From property management to remote workers, Bootstrappers is here to help your business succeed. Bootstrappers is a production of Anaquim LLC. So let's lace up those business boots and join Bootstrappers with Jeremy and Gwen Aspen. Welcome to Bootstrappers, where we talk about topics that are important to real estate and property property management entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Gwen Aspen, here with my spouse, Jeremy Aspen. And today we have a wonderful guest, Andrea Kelly, who is a client manager at Rent Manager Call Center, which is a segment of Anaquim. And she's here to talk about the best ways to onboard new individuals. So Andrea knows the most about this because at Rent Manager Call Center, she onboards a lot of people. We have lots of members of that team. So she's the perfect person to talk to us about this. Welcome to the show, Andrea. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. We're super happy to have you. So... Um, I just want to talk about the problem. So a lot of small businesses, you know, they onboard maybe one, two, tops five people a year. So every time they need to onboard someone, they have to remember like, what is it that I need? What is it that I'm doing again? Uh, Is there anything I'm forgetting? And so I thought in this episode, we could just give a quick rundown of all the things people need to consider so that they can have a successful onboard of a new employee. And this might look a lot like to a viewer or a listener, a checklist. You might wanna write this stuff down and make sure that these are in fact the things that are all done by the time you onboard somebody or at the correct time because the energy you save in not doing it right now is paid for 10 times later downstream. And that's probably being conservative. Every little thing, like for instance, not having your email ready. Oh my God, getting it done after the fact. Yeah, and, and it just makes, you wanna start off the uh, on the right foot, like, hey, we've got our act together. Right. We are super professional over here. And so having a positive experience for um, the person starting right on the front end sets that high expectation that you wanna set for them anyway and gets everything going on the right And just to frame this a little bit, um, I remember years ago, and I'm sure it still happens once in a while, we would make, you know, we would set it up, we would introduce them, it's your first day with your new client, and they were just like, well, we're not ready, so just take the next couple of days, you don't have to do anything, and we'll figure this out later. That's the wrong time to do it. Yeah. I mean, th- there's the obvious instant, or there's the obvious fact that it's a huge waste of money. But I would say that's the cheap, that's that's the cheap part of this whole thing because you're setting a tone and a pace and low expectations for your new employee. They they will not think very highly of you, and they will not feel that they are in a secure place uh, for their life for for their professional career. So, um, so Andrea, let's talk about what things are helpful uh, when you onboard a new employee. What should people think about? So we have like our three golden rule per se. The first thing is to set the expectations of the position. This means, first of all, what their job is, uh, general, okay, what you're gonna do. And the second, and I think it's most important, what impact is gonna have within the company. Because sometimes when we go strictly to the tasks, 
they can see them as randomly and they don't understand that it is going to have an impact and it is going to have a change or a consequence directly into the bigger picture. Yeah. So I think if people don't understand the why behind what they're doing, they just don't perform as well. And they can't kind of put those uh, in a one-off situation. They don't have the situational awareness to have the the right behavior because they just don't understand the overarching mission of the organization. Exactly. And people can be very intuitive. If they know their goal and if they're working on a goal-based part, they can be very intuitive. So maybe if they don't know Mm. what specific step of the process, if they know where they have to get and what the goal is, then they can either figure out themselves. So to set specifically the impact and the goal and who you are in the company, it's going to be like the first step. So I just want to dig into that goal a little bit more because I think being very specific and measurable about those goals helps a lot. I know that's one area where you really excel at Rent Manager Call Center. So can you talk a little bit about what kind of goals really promote the right behavior? Yeah, so when we start, it's like the first thing, what impact it has, and then what we expect from you. And in there, we go deep into, okay, so you will be evaluated this way. You will have these key performance indicators. This is the growth opportunity that your position has. And the most important is, these are the values that we share. So that way, you know exactly how you're gonna be developing both soft skill and hard skill. So this is how you will be evaluated. And this is what we have as our values in the company, what we believe it's important. And then you both have a moral path and a strategic part as soon as you're starting. I think that's so important. And I think sometimes in property management or other industries where it's just like, hey, we we manage properties, like it's not that complicated. People don't understand the values piece, but like in your, uh, at the call center, you can run into a situation that you've never been trained on just because sometimes crazy things happen. Like I'll give an example. Um, One time when I was the manager of Rent Manager Call Center, um, we had a big building in Denver that we were managing and at 2.30 in the morning, an old tenant would come in and always set off the alarm because he was mad at the building for, I don't know what happened, but he was mad about it. So he we couldn't figure out how he was getting into the building. And it was just, that's such a random occurrence that you know that's not gonna be in our training. But if people are clear on the values and the overarching goals, they can perform even in strange circumstances. Right, Andrea? Exactly. So for example, what it helped with us is that we used to just sort of say, okay, so we are a call center, we do calls, we're integrated with the system, we're great because this is what we sell. And then we just changed all that and say, okay, so we help people. We help our clients and we help their clients. So that sort of helps you give a guideline on all these weird out of the ordinary situations. Mm-hmm. Cause it can happen or we have like this very strange situation or example that there was a case a few months ago where there was like a fight with two of the tenants, like a couple, and there was blood on the, on the lobby. Mm. So they call it in. Someone outside of, of the fight says, hey, there's blood on the lobby. And the first person said, oh, blood that needs to be cleaned up. This is a regular thing. We'll take care of it tomorrow because it's just a cleanup. And then 
we evaluated and we said, okay, so what's our objective? Our objective is not just to what's the immediate action, but is we're helping people. If people live in a building, they're not going to like to have blood in the lobby. <laughs> yeah, it turns out. So when we changed our mindsets from being very technical and this qualifies us clean up to going the extra step and understanding the values of RMCC and helping both our clients and their clients by the tenants, we just changed our operations completely. And it was great. Ah, yeah, that is such a good thing. Really quick, I don't think we did this at the beginning, but uh, where are you? Oh, I'm in Guadalajara, Mexico. That's what, yeah. I, I know we wanted to bring that up. We didn't yeah. introduce her properly. Yeah, we were just joking before the show that Guadalajara is a lot more interesting than Omaha, Nebraska, where we are now. Okay, so you go over all of the uh, the mission, the vision, the values, how they can excel in their job, like the job trajectory, what the job actually is, how it fits into the larger picture. And then there are some more of those details that people forget. So like technology and making sure that people know when they're supposed to be there and vacation days. What other things are really important that could slip someone's mind that they need to consider and maybe get set up before somebody starts? So like you mentioned, time off and schedules are gonna be like priority. Sometimes we just give those per se and we don't really dig into them, but it's very important that if you're having a new person, you say, okay, so these are your vacations this is your schedule, this is the time you're off, this is what we're expecting of you. And that just being very clear from the start, how many hours you're working a day, when do you have a break, or if you have a paid break, it's gonna help them sort of figure out their own pace. Because if they have this question, sometimes people will fixate on the most tiny thing instead of the job. So you're starting and you're talking about training and you're talking about the tasks that you're gonna give them. And they're just thinking like, okay, when is my break? Yeah. When can, can I, I go, go to the bathroom on this walk. at this job or do I have to wait? Yeah. They're, they're really worried about just the human stuff. Can, do I get to get a drink of water? Those kinds right. of things. Exactly. Being, so yeah. if you're just open about it since the start, like, hey, go to the bathroom whenever, you're also going to have two 15 minute breaks uh, anytime, et cetera, et cetera. Then they're like, oh, okay, I can calm down and focus on my job. Mm. So that's like also one of the first things to talk about. And about tools, it's very important to separate your human tools, like your human work tools and the actual job tools. So it's very important that you say, okay, so you're gonna have an email and a time tracker for your daily operations. And then we're gonna have the tools that actually help you develop your job, which in my case is Rent Manager System. Mm-hmm. So we sort of separate those two. The first thing that they need to have is their Gmail and their time tracker so they can get in t- contact with the rest of the team and also feel part of the company. Because sometimes when we very focus on the job tools, we don't make them feel that sense of ownership mm-hmm. and of being belonging where they are. So if they have their Gmail, if they see that they're in the group chat and any type of thing, then mm. they understand that they're part of the team. Right. Mm. Yeah, that's a neat point. I mean, being a part of even something like a group chat. Yeah, that's yeah. inclusive. And I think the group chat actually brings me to the next point. I think it's really important for a new person on a team to understand how the communication works and how to be an effective communicator. So being clear, like we use group chat in these circumstances, or at this time you have to be on this meeting. Can you speak to clarify, like some of maybe the details of communication that people should know? 
Yes, well, we, we do have to specify that, hey, so we have our internal chat. Still, this chat has to be kept professional. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, uh, specifically in my line of business, which is the call center, sometimes you're just going to get a crazy call. And you may want to share it with your teammates and be also, this happened, blah, 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 blah. And if you're not keeping it professional, then the tone of voice for your whole company can get lost. Mm-hmm. So we do try to give those sort of, uh, guidelines from the start, like, hey, you can have personal chats with each one of your teammates and you can talk about whatever. But on the group chat, we talk about this and we mention this. And they also feel that sense of responsibility according to what communication goes and what may be just unnecessary. Yes, absolutely. And also from a manager's point of view, I think people just saying like, hey, I don't respond to text messages or like Jeremy doesn't use um, instant message. (laughs) So being very clear, like the way that we're going to have a meeting at 815 every morning, we're going to set the priorities for the day. Then you'll have your list of to do's. We're throughout the day. We'll communicate via email. Um, and then at the end of the day, we'll have another phone call and being really clear on your expectations and also as a manager being clear on how you communicate. So so if you're a direct communicator, say, I've never me, I I don't mean to be mean, but I'm a direct communicator or I uh, like to joke around, but at the end of the day, just kind of explaining who you are, how you operate and what you're kind of way of being is, is helpful for them to understand the tone. Would you agree with that, Andrea? Completely, completely. Um, Jasmine and I, Jasmine, she's my co-director for the call center and she's just amazing. And we try to present ourselves always like, hey, so Jasmine is very maternal. She's gonna sometimes be a little mom and she's great. And Andrea is very sarcastic. So we try to say it also respecting boundaries because sometimes managers can forget that they also need to treat their employees with respect. So we cannot Absolutely. just come across and say, we're the jokesters and you just have to deal with it. So, but if we come across as who we are and then the other person can give us who they are, we can find a perfect middle ground and communication is more effective. Oh, I, su- I definitely uh, agree with that. And then the other thing with the communication is getting feedback. Like, here's the cadence of our meetings. This is what's in the meetings. This is where you're going to get feedback on your role. Can you speak to how you have that all organized and how that's helped with your team dynamic? So the great part about RMCC and the great part about all companies that are value-based is that it really helps you separate the bad apples and the good apples. Mm -hmm. So when we come across and we say, okay, so you know your expectations, you know what you have to do and you know how we measure our values, then instead of us being a policeman and inflicting very harsh feedback, we just come across and say, hey, this happened. It doesn't meet what we're expecting. What can I do to help you? And it changes the tone because they feel responsibility instead of guilt. When you come across and you are punishing someone or scolding someone, they just feel guilty Mm. and they feel ashamed. And when you come across with the problem and say, hey, how are we going to resolve this? They feel that responsibility and they feel that empowerment to go ahead and fix the issue. So that's the way we approach our feedback. We don't like to be scoldy, but we do like to say, hey, so this is the area of opportunity that we're presenting it. How do you feel would be best resolved? And then I do want to just talk about um, the training. So you guys have really good training, and that's an area where all small businesses struggle. 
Uh, maybe they don't have their processes and procedures written down. Maybe the training isn't um, super organized. What are the main things people have to keep in mind so that they, even if they're not super organized, they can make sure that their training's effective? So it's always good to have a goal-based approach when you're training, because if you share the current path your company is on, then they're gonna feel that sense of uh, ah. moving forward. Mm -hmm. So we always try to share, because there's this weird belief that the strategies of the company and the growth of the company should be kept just for management. But if you share what your company is doing and how it's growing with the actual active factor, which are all the employees, then they're gonna understand that part. So if we're doing the training a company to how the company is moving, it becomes more dynamic and they can even offer solutions that you weren't even thinking of. Mm, so that's right. how we handle our training. Yeah. I love they that. They can participate. They'll understand how their role in the company is participating in its future growth and ultimately their own growth. Yeah. And then with that, I just think since you're, we're giving them a greater sense of purpose, they understand where they fit into the overall mission of the company. Another important thing is to show them an org chart and kind of walk them through it. Right. I think a lot of companies kind of forget that, especially if it's a remote employee, just bringing a laptop around and making sure you put a face with a name and explain everybody's role really is something that can be welcoming. So that's what we try to do. It's important that you say, okay, so this is going to be your team. This is going to be your direct supervisor. Yeah. Uh, we even try to go all the way like, hey, there's also upper management. There's you guys. We try to make them feel very part of something big. And another thing that really works is to share both success and failure stories because that way mm. you give them a range to work with. So we always start with saying, okay, so during your line of business this is what success looks like this is a great call a great story a great project and this is what failure looks like and that way they can also be oriented on what is where we want to go and where we don't want to go and they can really navigate themselves when they have that perspective so that's great that is so good yeah, yeah. that org chart it also serves as the business owner's opportunity to really visualize where this person fits what seat that person is going to be into mm -hmm. right Absolutely. and that is that I guess I've probably made that mistake a couple of times where you don't think about that in a, in time and then you start shifting things around a little bit because it's not going as well as you thought having a good org chart or accountability chart is what you called an interaction great well thank you so much Andrea for for chatting with us this has been such a pleasure it was yeah. great thank you for having me great stuff thanks that's a wrap. We'll see you next week on Bootstrappers. This has been Bootstrappers, a unique presentation designed to help you better understand how the world turns. Contact Gwen or Jeremy at posts at bootstrappers.club or visit our website, anaquim.net. Be sure to subscribe to our podcasts on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, and our YouTube channel. Thank you and join us next time for Bootstrappers.